0: Well, welcome everyone. I know you aren't expecting us to go live right now on YouTube and Facebook, but here we are. Ta-da, surprise. Um, and Father, you just Michael. got back from Fatima. I did. so Less we, than 24 hours ago. <laughs> we wanted to talk about that trip. As you all probably know, we did a pre-Fatima recording talking about, you know, being a spiritual director on a pilgrimage, what you will be doing, why you enjoy going so much. But Father brought a whole bunch of goodies to share with us, and obviously all his stories to share as well. So we're going to go ahead and start with a prayer, and then we're just going to let Father take it away and tell us about all the wonderful things that he did while he was away for 10 days. That
1: sounds great. Let's pray. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. Heavenly Father, with grateful hearts for our faith, for your continual drawing us closer and closer to the most sacred heart of your Son, through the immaculate heart of our Blessed Mother, and the help of so great a cloud of witnesses of saints. In particular, as we reflect on the great message of Fatima, think about those saints, Jacinta, Francisco, and servant of God, Lucia. Please help us to live the faith to the fullest, to grow in love day by day, and to do so always as we're taken by the hand by our guardian angel and our blessed mother. And we ask this as we pray. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Jesus. Holy Mary, Mary, Mother Mother of God, God, pray pray for us sinners 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 now and at at the hour hour of our death. death. Amen. Amen. Most sacred heart of Jesus.
0: Have mercy on us.
1: Immaculate heart of Mary. Pray for us. St. Jacinta, Francisco, and servant of God, Lucia. Pray for us. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. 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 All right, father. Okay. How do we start? It's a good question. Um I know I tried to to post a few things along the way on Facebook and I know as we do this it's on Facebook. So mm-hmm. hopefully it kind of ties a lot of things together. Um and I am, I mean, I'm not complaining, but I am tired. So if I start to wander, you will do a wonderful job as the host and like bringing me back. So I I, I apologize. We're on a bit of a time over. crunch today. We well. are, we are. So. Which I guess that that probably helps because I could probably ramble. Although I have to tell you, so one of the things I love most about this pilgrimage, um, that we go with the luminaries of Holy Mary, who are affiliated. They're kind of like the lay third order movement uh, attached to a diocesan right religious order in Fatima called the mm-hmm. Alianza. Uh, de Santa Maria. Uh, it doesn't translate into English very well. The alliance of Holy Mary, I just don't think sounds it's really good. It's okay. And like Alianza, if you look at, you know, Portuguese and Spanish have a lot of similarities. If you listen to the institution narrative, um, you know, the words of consecration in Spanish, it's, you know, Alianza Nueva y Eterna. It's like the covenant, you know, new and eternal. Mm. Um, so it's like the covenant of Holy Mary. Like there's a, there's a deepness to it. And this whole religious order began with two school teachers who started a rosary crusade to get rid of communism in Portugal because the the communist regime had taken over and they started this big uh, rosary crusade from the top to the bottom of Portugal. Portugal has about 10 million people. They got a million people to sign up and promise to pray the rosary every day. And without any bullets fired, the communist regime got thrown out. Wow! And just an incredible story. And then these two school teachers you know, after that, it's like, okay, they're living together. Um, you know, kind of having like a rule of life, a few, attracted a few others. Um, the Bishop gave permission for them to have the blessed sacrament in their home. And then from that came this religious order called the Alianza uh, de Santa Maria. And these two women, uh, Maria Clara and, um, oh, was the other one. We met Maria Alice, who's the third one. I'm embarrassed. I can't remember the, the second one's name anyway. Um, they said from the beginning, like, we're not the founders, our Blessed Mother is. Mm-hmm. And now it's like the fastest growing order in, uh, in Portugal. Mm-hmm. They have 46 sisters, I want to say, and their average age is under 30. Wow. Um, and on this trip uh we get to we had a couple of talks from sister uh, angela de coelho uh who has a wonderful book out by tan mm-hmm. um brought that along with me i'm embarrassed to say i haven't read it yet uh but i've heard sister angela's talk she's probably so haven't good. had a
0: whole lot of time since you bought it
1: not yet well actually i've had it for a while oh well, um, I, we yeah have no it's it's a well i'm just being honest trying to be transparent uh but she's a she's become a dear friend and uh she gave us a few talks and And then we got to go to one of their homes in Fatima, their big where they have their novitiate, and have a like we prayed the rosary together. And by the way, we pray the rosary with them. It's like going to heaven because they sing in between each decade. You know how we sing like the Ave
2: Ave. Mm -hmm.
1: They do that, but they they play music, and when they all sing and harmonize, it just It's glorious. Mm -hmm. Um, So we were with them. And then after that, then we had pizza and it was, it was great and, and just good times. And I got to see some of the sisters I haven't seen for a while that are, have become dear friends. Um, So I kind of start off with that because the thing I love so much about this pilgrimage is yes, you're going to beautiful places. I mean, there's a nice, you know, image of a whole lot of things like that's the sanctuary, right? And the Basilica Mm -hmm. of Our Lady of the Queen of the Holy Rosary. And like, we're at the, the very place where our blessed mother appeared all amazing things. And we go far North in Portugal, down to Lisbon and everywhere in between going to some amazing churches that are like a thousand years old, you know, just incredible. But I love this trip because of all the people we get to meet who are living the message of Fatima in particular, the Alianza de Santa Maria, but also the, um, the Dominicans of the Perpetual Rosary, mm-hmm. it's a cloistered order. You know, you think about it, the Perpetual Rosary, they're always praying the rosary. Um, Sister Jacinta, who's there, mm-hmm. just to give you an idea of what a mystic she is, she had met Father Josh Voidus when he was there as a seminarian in 05. Mm-hmm. And at the time, his mother was very sick. In fact, she was the second person buried in our cemetery, Joanne Voidas, God rest her. She passed away in 2006. Mm-hmm. When Father Voidus and I went back in 2018 and she saw Father Voidus, she said, I still pray for your mother, Joanne, every day. And, like, she had not seen him in person for 13 years. And they met for, like, a total of maybe two minutes, Mm -hmm. you know, 13 years prior. And and she remembers this, right? And, I mean, Father Voidus, he's not Mr. Emotional. Like, he's not like me, like, you know, crying at an AT&T commercial, right? Like, I'll cry at anything. That really moved him. And understandably so, it's like, you know, you're meeting a saint here. And we get to meet people like that. Uh, Sister Mary Concilia, who's a member of the Holy Cross. We met her up in Braga, and she gave us this great talk on the holy angels, our guardian angels, how important they are. And, you know, which we've talked about that before, about Mm -hmm. that guardian angel prayer that we hand out. And just once again, getting to hear her speak on the angels. Our guardian angels are such an important, you know, gift that we have from God. Don't take them for granted. It's just amazing. Um, but it's like all these people we get to meet and get talks from and it just makes the whole thing so alive. Mm-hmm. Um, so we we had just wonderful times getting to know them. And then, you know, being with uh, 27 pilgrims, my dear friend, Father McNulty, uh, Mary Sample and her brother, Frank Spicer, as well as Mary's husband, Wade. Um, wonderful people who put this together. And the other nice thing about this pilgrimage is it's not with a tour company organization not that they're bad not that there's anything you know wrong with that but they do this as the luminaries of holy mary they try to keep the costs as low as possible and anything that goes above and beyond like you know the cost they donate to these different religious orders nice. and it's just it's just beautiful and you can just feel like the whole thing just being so beautifully blessed
0: so and, the luminaries have just done this so many years that they just Hey, we're coming on this date. Can we set up a talk? Pretty much. Wow.
1: Yeah. And it works out incredibly well. And you form these relationships. And um, yeah. So to get to to get to know these people, to you know go back and see them, because I, I hadn't been there since 2020. And mm-hmm. as I've said to some people, this trip is so good because in some ways it feels like going home. I mean, Fatima, it's like heaven on earth. And the thing, you know, I've gotten to go to Guadalupe as well. Guadalupe was amazing. And to see the Tilma is so incredible. But the thing that Fatima has a Guadalupe doesn't is in Guadalupe, it's like Mexico City has grown out all around it and like encompasses the place of the apparition. In Fatima, you're out in the country. Mm-hmm. And I mean, the shrine itself, you know, where the the Covid era where Mary appeared you know, on the 13th of the month from May to October, 1917, except for in August when the children had been arrested. Um, like that, that's the shrine. There where like a million people gather, you know, and for the big rosary procession, especially on May 13th, like it's incredible, but it, you know, it's a great big sanctuary. You go like 200 yards from that, you're back out in the countryside
2: mm-hmm.
1: and you see like where the, where the children brought the sheep and you can go to Lucia's house and Francisco and Jacinta's house and, and just like, yeah, see the humble place where they were. And it's largely untouched. Mm-hmm. Um, and if you read about the apparitions, you know, before our Blessed Mother appeared in 1917, three times in 1916, an angel appeared to the children, kind of like getting them ready. Mm-hmm. And there's a well behind Sister Lucia's house where the angel appeared to them the second time. And and it was that's a funny one to me just because he'd already appeared once, told them to pray, told them to make sacrifices at this point, they're just kind of, like, messing around. And the angel's like, what are you doing? Like, you need to get to praying. Like, you need to start doing this. And I, I love going there. And I got to do this again with Father McNulty. Um, on one night, we had some free time, which was a wonderful addition this time. We'd never had free time before. We, we had two nights of, like, three hours free on this trip, which wow. we never had before. Um, and we went down there, and it's just it's just peaceful. Like, you're hearing the birds chirping you know, like you smell like fires burning off the you know, like people warming their homes. Um, so we were there in the evening. It was just beautiful. Mm-hmm. The other thing that was so nice, too, was when we went to do this, you know, it's like the international symbol of the collar. Um, we stopped on the way at the place where Mary appeared in August Kind of when we went ahead and prayed our, our evening prayer. And like there was this tour group from Bolivia and they wanted to talk to us and get their picture then there was a lady from Poland who came up and like wanted to convince us that we need to do the first Saturdays, and it was so nice. Like we do, ma'am. Like we we already mm-hmm. do. Oh well, you need to talk to your bishops and get the whole United States. Doing. I'm like, we appreciate that, but you don't know who you're talking to. We they're not gonna listen to us. So, but but it was it was this good conversation, and then we got stopped from some people from India who are living in England who are there and asking directions, and then we met this family. From Columbia, now living in Canada with like Mm. five little guys, and they had brought their 13 year old niece. And I just felt compelled. This is when we went down by the well, and this family comes down. And the niece, her name was Emily, super cute. I just felt compelled to go up to her and say, You know, you're actually older now than the shepherd children were when all this happened. So remember, you're called to be a saint. And she said, Father, I want to be a nun. I was like, Emily, I will pray for you. And in three years, when you're 16, you need to go on the vocation discernment retreat with the Ann Arbor Dominicans. It'll so be great. <laughs> and I'll probably be there, too. It'll be wonderful. But it was just, it was fun because, you know, there's something so beautiful in Fatima. Well, like I said, so I just covered Bolivia, India, England, Poland, Canada, Colombia. And, like, just because we're priests, like, people are coming up and talking. to mm-hmm. so, us. Oh, yeah, and there's a couple from France, too. We don't speak French. And, and this is, the, oh, I'm so grateful as well having to, you know, like studying Spanish to be able to serve people here, Mm -hmm. obviously Spanish and Portuguese, not the same language, but there's enough similarities that I could communicate with so many more people. I feel like a lot of
0: people in Portugal almost by necessity need to know Spanish. They do.
1: And frankly, a lot of them know English too. Exactly. A lot of these talks are from people whose first language is Portuguese. And they would always begin with, you'll have to forgive my terrible English. It is really not up to par. I apologize that I'm not using everything precisely. So it's like, your English is better than mine. Like it was, it was funny how that worked. And I love it when they'd have to like search for a synonym, which makes you pay attention that much more. And it's like, oh, you mean this? And it, it was great. Yeah. Um, but yeah, just when you go there, you get this feel of just the universal nature of the church, right? Um. Every night at nine 30, which is super late. Um. <laughs> I'm, I'm not a late night person. I'm an early morning riser, but mm-hmm. in Fatima, you got to do both and it's fine. But at 930, actually, at the bottom of this book, you can kind of see it. Okay, make sure I'm on the right one. So at the bottom there, you see how you can see the sanctuary and, like, all these Mm candlelights, right? So every night at 930, they have the International Rosary. And, And now that we've had this on Facebook twice, you can log in and see their live
0: stream anytime. Yeah.
1: I don't know what the live stream looks like for the International Rosary. If they, do they follow
0: the, the so procession? So I didn't actually watch the rosary at okay, all. Okay, okay. Um, I missed that. I know some people from the parish watched
1: it. Good, good.
0: Um, but for the one where the mass is, they mm-hmm. just show it's the... It's like just the sanctuary. Capilla. Yeah, yeah. Uh, the capelina. Capelina. means the they little chapel. They show the capelina like 24-7. Sure,
1: which is really cool is in and of itself. Cool. And so at 930 right there, they have the international rosary. One of the priests of the shrine comes out to lead it. Um, and each decade has a different language. Sometimes they split it up into two languages. So it's like five Hail Marys of this, five Hail Marys of that. And the first decade, you know, a person's leading in their own language. And then everybody responds in their own language uh, for the second half of the Hail Mary. And we all have candles and they're lit off the Easter candle. So it kind of feels like the vigil. And that's a great thing, too, about being a priest there is, you know, we vest, we're close. They light our candles, and then we spread that out to everybody else. So we all have candles, and at the you, we're all standing for the Our Father. You sit down for the Hail Marys, and then the Glory Be, they chant it in Latin. It's really pretty, and everybody holds their candle up high. And then, then they sing a little something in between, and then they give a brief meditation on the mysteries, typically in Portuguese. Um, so, yeah, but, you know, there's so many words that you can just kind of pick mm-hmm. up. But I've talked to Father Rossi about this before, too, and I think he's absolutely right. There's something so universal and beautiful about the international rosary, where it's like it doesn't matter what languages are being spoken. Like we're all there, and I love it's like a Pentecost moment. You got these tongues of fire, we're mm-hmm. all holding, and it's 9:30 at night. There's like evening breezes blowing, um, and it just it, it fits even better than like a bilingual mass, you know, where it's like the mass. And I, don't get me wrong, I mean I love the mass, obviously. I celebrated mass right there. It was incredible, but the rosary just like draws everybody together. Mm-hmm. And it's so awesome to hear these different languages. There's always Portuguese, obviously, typically always English, at least everyone I've been at, Mm -hmm. because there's English pilgrims, Um, and then, you know, French, Italian, but it's fun when you get, like, a non-romance language Mm -hmm. in there, like, also, like, Vietnamese, and Vietnamese is so beautiful to hear prayed, because it just sounds like this, like, it's got this rhythmic chant to it, or then, or you'll get, like, some Eastern European language that just sounds completely different but we're all praying the same thing. Mm -hmm. And it's, it's so great to be in that. And then at the end of the rosary, that's when we process with this, the statue of our blessed mother Mm -hmm. and everybody walks in candlelight procession. And it's just lovely to be a part of. Um, So how many nights did you do that while you were there? Only two. Um, Once again, nine 30 at night, it was kind of tough, but we did it on the Thursday we were there. And then the next Wednesday and on Thursday, I'd never been at one like this. On the Thursday, I don't know if they do this every Thursday, instead of processing with this, the statue of our Blessed Mother, they process, they do a Eucharistic procession. Oh. And I'm just wondering if it's because it's the day of the institution. Or, uh, yeah, but it, that was lovely too. Um, but yeah, it's like getting to be in just that that sea of people. You've got your candle. And then the thing I love so much with it all is, okay, You know, I've been carrying this rosary for a long time. Um, I got this actually in Fatima mm-hmm. um, from my friend Sister Benedita, her mother made this uh, for her religious vows, and she gave it to me. Oh, wow. And, um, yeah, so this is one I use all the time. In fact, it broke. My dad had to fix it, and I got to show her that when I was back. She's like, oh, I have to show my mom that because, yeah, she hasn't been able to fix them. Like, hey, hey, that's great. But, um, you know, so it's like you're praying that there, and then, you know, you bring the rosary back home with you. It's not like, oh, can only pray the rosary in Fatima. Um, and as I said to the pilgrims, there's something about Fatima where it's just like, easy to pray the rosary. There were several days where we prayed multiple rosaries, like when we're on the bus going somewhere, um, you know, just there as a group, it's just, you just want to pray the rosary a lot. And that's, you know, every one of our blessed mother's, uh, appearances and those, the six times she always asked for that daily rosary and, you know, having that prayer, I just feel like, you know, it's like the lifeline to heaven, you know, and just, just having it. And, you know, the thing I love too, is being able to like bring that back, and say to folks, like, hey, I know it's not easy to jump into the rosary, but just just do it. And don't let the, the perfect be the enemy of the good. Keep it going. If you got to split it up into three, five parts throughout the day, on the way into work, on the way home from work, you got two minutes here and there, pray a decade. You know, mm-hmm. it's like, just make it happen. It's totally worth it. And I will say, too, I know I'm kind of jumping all over the place, but maybe it's just tied to the rosary here. You know, sometimes, like you know, I can be rather melancholic when you have to shift from one thing to the other. Mm-hmm. I hope it shows. I'm really happy right now. It's not like, oh, woe oh, is me, the trip is over, you know. Oh, well, I'm back in North Carolina. Oh, geez. Which, oh, yeah, and by the way, I hope everybody notices right up here is the awesome map of North Carolina, which I'm very excited is there as I get to come back to our wonderful state. Um, yeah, Vibe Coordinator doing a fantastic hey, we're, we're, job. We're doing some good work. This looks awesome. Um, yeah, to get to come back. And, you know, I just I love our parish so much. Mm-hmm. It's so good to be home. Um, I want to thank you publicly on this you know, live stream. You know, everything's so good. You know, it's like I'm grateful that I get to come back to the parish and, you know, and thanks to Father Balky, Father Carter, Father Lawler for taking care of the sacramental needs.
0: And um, it was probably the quietest time here when you've been away in a, in a long time.
1: Praise God. That's it was great. very
0: calm and quiet. A couple of emergency calls, but father bulky was here and he just took care of him. That's so, good. so great to have priests around.
1: It is. It is. And especially one of our own homegrown guys. Yeah. So that's so good. But yeah, it's like, it's just, you know, it's one of those things where I love going to Fatima. You know, I, I love getting the shot in the arm. Um, but I'm also grateful that, you know, our faith is so strong and so good. And God is so good that it's like, you don't have to be in Portugal to live the faith. Mm-hmm. Um, I love getting to go to the, the little shepherd's home parish. You know, they've got a statues of saints Jacinta and Francisco in front of the church. And I just love thinking, you know, I, I got to come back in time to say goodbye to the kids after school. It's like, Hey kids, like keep working at it. Maybe someday, you know, there'll be a statue of you out front. Mm-hmm. You just never know. And you know, God comes to us at six o'clock tonight. going to have mass over in the church for the feasts of St. Simon and Jude. Um, it's the same Lord in the Eucharist here as the Lord in the Eucharist, on that video from the Capelina the other morning, Mm -hmm. you know, and just the fact of the matter is like God provides and our blessed mother appeared 105 years ago to remind us that, you know, like, Hey, like just come in, like spend time with me, you know, the five first Saturdays, like, why is she asking for that? We need that reminder once a month, you know? Mm -hmm. And, and our Lord, you know, told sister Lucy, it's like, look, you know, he wants to, You know, like basically save and convert the world by establishing devotion to the Immaculate Heart of Mary and thinking about the way that God goes about these things that, you know, he wants us to be in love with his mother and, you know, by praying the rosary, by asking her help, who held on to all these things in her heart which I would just remind those listening who maybe are Protestant brothers and sisters, that's scriptural. Like mm-hmm. Mary shows us how to do Lectio Divina, shows us how to meditate on the love of her son and by praying the rosary, by making those first Saturday devotions. And is it, yeah, it's a little bit tough? Sure, but you do that for people that you love.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: And our Lord wanting to establish that love and that devotion, it's like, it's just so, it's, it's like, where the natural and supernatural meet. You know, it's like the beauty of family life. You know, I mean, basically it's like you can, I think Sister Lucia said to then Cardinal Ratzinger, like, basically this is what I think Fatima is all about. Am I correct? Like, basically being faithful to your day-to-day vocation. Mm -hmm. And he said, I think you're absolutely right. And I think he said in one of his commentaries on Fatima that ultimately it is a school of love and it's ultimately about growing in faith, hope, and love.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: I mean, and it's just, it's so beautiful. And when you think about who the saints are, you have the youngest non-martyr canonized saints in the church, St. Jacinta and Francisco, mm-hmm. who died in 1919 and 1920. And now we have the, um, the process of canonization going for servant of God, Lucia, who will be one of the oldest canonized saints because she died at 97. Mm-hmm. So it's like you think about that. It's like it spans every age. Mm-hmm. Um, anybody can do it in our own state of life, praying the rosary, offering up penance um, for, for the conversion of poor sinners. Why? So we can show them we're better than them? No, because we can experience heaven on earth. And it's not in such a way that, like you have to climb some mountain and do some ridiculous things. Like No, meditate on the mysteries of the rosary pray it every day with our Blessed Mother, make the first Saturday devotions, and you're going to remember in the midst of day-to-day life that you're not alone, that you don't have to be afraid, which is one of those favorite things I like to say. Yes, indeed. Which, by the way, it was really nice to get to celebrate the Feast of St. John Paul II when I was there, too. Mm-hmm. So it was great. So, yeah, because that
0: was, what day was it? That, that was Saturday, the 22nd. Gotcha. Yeah, so, that's right.
1: Great day. I believe, if I'm not mistaken, that was the day he was elected the Holy Father in 1978. So, good day. Nice. That was yeah. a pretty good day. It was pretty awesome. So, yeah. So, I think we got a little bit of time left. What, uh, yeah. do, you have, do you have any specific questions? Well, I mean, you
0: brought these show and tell items. I don't I think did. you've gone through all of them yet. We so. haven't. I
1: wanted to, okay. So, I have two different pictures here. This, ev- this happens every time we go. Um, we have a particular photographer who comes out. Here's a, here's a group picture of everybody that was on the trip. You will see here four of our parishioners, mm-hmm. Ted and Mary Blanton, Glenn and Alice Reynolds. So good to be with them. Um, And then people from – a lot from Manassas, Virginia. That's where Frank Spicer, who's one of the organizers, is from. Mm -hmm. Um, And then, of course, our own Mary Sample from Charlotte, some people from Charlotte, some folks from Father McNulty's parish up in Waynesville, and then some folks from Delaware and also a gentleman from Connecticut. Mm -hmm. So just – Good people all around, and we get one of these pictures every time. And then this made me really happy, too. And actually, if you zoom in on this, I just went and got a haircut today because with the wind blowing there and my hair getting longer, you can really tell I'm losing it. <laughs> so I just thought, you know, it's time to shave it all off because then I don't look quite as bald. Yep. Um, and then this one, this is I, – I, we'd never done this before. So this all the way – so the woman, obviously, is Mary Sample. Right next to her in the light blue is her husband, Wade. And then the, the other gentleman next to her is her brother, Frank Spicer – and then obviously Father McNulty and me. And just so you know, Father McNulty and I have agreed that we are gonna go back um, with them every year for the foreseeable future. So it'll probably it won't be in October anymore. Um it was a little bit harder to set that up. We have the priest retreats. Oh, a little chilly. I'm actually actually it wasn't chilly on this one, it just
0: rained a lot. Mm.
1: I guess their fall is their rainy season. Mm-hmm. When we've been there end of January, beginning of February in the past, it's colder, but it doesn't rain as much. Mm-hmm. I'd rather be cold than wet, personally. Um, you just throw on another jacket. It's, it. I mean, the weather's very similar to North Carolina, temperature-wise, um, and it's easier to travel between Christmas and Lent too. So I think that's what we'll do, and um, so that will be end of January, beginning of February. I Don't know exact dates yet, but in 2024. Mark so. calendars, everyone. Absolutely. So if you want to go to Fatima, I know a lot of people are like, oh, I want to go, it's like, but I can't do it this time. Don't worry. It's like it's like a family reunion. I'm gonna keep going back. Mm-hmm. Um, because I can just tell a, I'm the spiritual director for the luminaries. I like getting to do that. And as you know, I've had to say no to more things here lately, but you know, I, it's worth it. I can tell it in my own priesthood that this is something that's been very good for me. I was also really happy that Ted Blanton was there because He's been saying for a while, like, I've changed since I came back from Fatima the first time. So I was happy for him to get to experience it, too, and just kind of see why. Mm -hmm. Um, So it was great. Uh, I brought with me, too. So this is just like a book that they provide. Got the schedule, a bunch of prayers. um, Like, yeah, just walking through this. We sure do a lot. Like every single day, it's great. That, that first Monday, let me tell you, you know, it's like you're jet lagged. Mm-hmm. I mean, it was like up since Sunday morning before the three masses rushed right to the airport. Luckily, travel-wise, everything was perfect. Cool. We landed in Philadelphia, walked off the plane, walked right on a boarding for the flight to Lisbon. Like nice. there was no. I, I think I had time to use the restroom. That was it um so that worked out great but you know so then you get there and you go right to the next thing and then then you're there you gotta get moving. you gotta get going because you can't go to sleep because you're just like off on the time it just yeah it's crazy and then we go right to having mass at the capolina it's like you're having mass where mary appeared when you're completely jet lagged and you've been up for 36 hours and i was the one who preached on that day this is one of my favorite things that happened so in preaching Mm -hmm. i started with And so, in the United States, you know, like you're preaching, there's a lot of people around. They're not all English speakers. Yeah, and
0: it's not just Europe. No, not just
1: our group. There's people around, and you're like echoing out into the big, you know, the sanctuary space. And the analogy that I used, I started with saying, so in the United States, we have a special drink called bourbon. And uh, (laughs) I got to go on a tour, and, you know, and like people debate, like you drink it on ice, you drink it with a little bit of water, you drink it neat, or, you know, you put in mint, and when you're celebrating the horses running and all this. I said, I heard a tour guide say once, all that doesn't really matter. It's just who you enjoy it with. And I said, you know, as we get into this, you know, this is really special, but the beautiful thing is like, we all get to do this together and we get to do it together. Like our Lord knows who he wants us to do all these things with, mm-hmm. with his blessed mother, with the, you know, great uh, cloud of witnesses that is the saints that lead us into the great family of the communion of saints. And um, it was funny because a few people were like, I didn't know where you were going with that bourbon. And then the next day we came back and we just had like, we, our group just led the rosary in English for the sanctuary, which is awesome too. And I got to do like a little meditation before each mystery. So we go back for that the next day, the guard there who clearly, I mean, he's a Portuguese speaker and his father McNulty and I are walking in to go get vested. And he's checking our papers. He goes, well, you didn't bring me bourbon? It's like, <laughs> yes. Like, it was just so cool that he was listening, you know? And uh, we saw that gentleman one more time. His name was Marcos. And uh, and yeah, he was super friendly and it was so nice. Because, I mean, they look like, you know, big, tough guys. Mm-hmm. And this is just, yeah, we had a really good He would rapport. be the one that asked for bourbon. Oh, it was so awesome. So next time I go back, I will probably bring Marcos some bourbon. Nice. So that'll be wonderful. Nice. Um, yeah, it was just, it was so much fun to get to do that. Um, what else? We go to all the places that are connected with Fatima. So mm-hmm. we went down to the Carmelite convent in uh, Coimbra, um, which is about an hour drive from Fatima. And uh, so that's where Sister Lucia was for the last 57 years of her life. And actually, this rosary... Last 57. Um, that's a yeah, long I last. know. I know, exactly. And that's why they kept phrasing it. I thought it was great. Because after the apparitions, they kind of like not forced her, but like, it's like, you have to be a Dorothean sister. And they're, they're a very active order. She just wanted to go be a contemplative. Mm-hmm. Um, but she was very obedient. And because the Dorotheans had taught her as a child and all this. And, um, but at 40, she had sent, I think actually like 38, 39, she sent a letter to the Holy Father, to Pope Pius XII, asking permission to be released from her vows to the Dorotheans and to go to the Carmel. And uh, he gave the approval. And so she went there when she was 40. And uh, so this rosary, um, the Mother mother Spirit, Sister Maria Sophia, who had been, who entered when Sister Lucia was still there. So mm-hmm. she entered it at 18 and she had some wonderful stories about Sister Lucia and how they were good friends. Um, but this, she laid it on the bed where Sister Lucia passed away. So nice. it's, you know, it's like getting that that um, you know third class third relic. class relic. Exactly. I promise this to Father Rue to his uh, to his mother because she's she's not doing so well. Um, and, and she's, they're the one, her, his dad's already buried in our cemetery. That's the headstone that has Our Lady of Fatima on it. Mm, mm-hmm. um, but anyway, so I'll be giving that to, to Gail Rue. She's actually the one who made my first mass vestments too. Oh, nice. But like So we went there and had mass. It was beautiful. Um, but we go to all these different places where significant things happen in the life of the Shepherd children. Mm-hmm. We went down to Lisbon. Um, cause when, so when St. Jacinta, um, both she and Francisco died of the Spanish flu. Francisco at home with Jacinta. This was uh, 1920 when she passed away. There were some some folks that really wanted to like do everything they could to try to save her, um, and so she went down to Lisbon with them. And this is part of the sad thing with Jacinta's life. You know, her family lives up in Fatima. She was one of I don't remember how many children. Um, her mom went down with her to like drop her off at an orphanage until there was room with her at, room for her at the hospital, mm-hmm. but only got to stay for like six, seven days, and then had to go back. And Jacinta knew she wasn't gonna make it, and um, so mom goes back. Jacinta's by herself in this orphanage. the The mother of the orphanage was very, very kind to her. And I guess our blessed mother would appear to her and sit with her. And you can still go to the bed in the chair where she was. The chair is lower now because people would like try to pull off pieces to take. So they've got it like drilled to the floor. Mm-hmm. Um, but we're at the orphanage and then we went to the hospital, which is still a working hospital called the Estefania, where Jacinta died. Mm-hmm. Um, and part of the great suffering that Jacinta had there in the end was she died alone. So, like, you know, her family's not with her and all this. But, you know, Mary, in saying in the beginning, you know, like, are you willing to accept all the sufferings that God will send you for the conversion of poor sinners? And they all said, you know, we are willing. Now, Francisco never heard her. He saw her. The two girls did hear her. Um, but, like, they, they embraced all of these, you know, day-to-day struggles and sufferings. And just to see this from a little nine-year-old girl, yeah, um, it's just so powerful. And just hearing the stories about all the, like, she went through surgery without anesthesia, um, and it was something like you know, like basically like lungs filling up with all sorts of stuff. They had to take out a couple of ribs. And she's just and I guess the the doctor, who is an atheist, like commented on how like no anesthesia, and you know, normally people would be writing. She just laid just just for you, Lord Jesus, for the conversion of sinners, for you, Lord Jesus, the conversion of sinners like and I guess he ends up converting because of her witness. Mm-hmm. Um and there are stories in this hospital of like, you know, like so there are some pictures up of Jacinta, right? Mm-hmm. And, like, stories of, like, her appearing to him being with, like, little kids when they're there at the hospital. Um, he was telling this one about, you know, his parents having a hard time, the little girl, and then praying, things to turn around, and is, like, carrying her, carrying her out. The girl's like, oh, it's Jacinta. She came and played with me last night. I'm like, what? You know, so just some awesome stuff there. And just... And, you know, to be there where it happened. And, I mean, this hospital, like I said, it's not set up for, like, a pilgrimage site. We're just going in, and stuff's going on all around. It's still, it was, I think he said, the fifth hospital in the world that was dedicated to children. Mm. And, um, yeah, and, and the chaplain who's been there for 20 years met with us and talked to us. He was lovely, Father Carlos. Um Yeah, so just, I I love that about this tour. We go to all these special places, Mm -hmm. um, you know, where the shepherd children lived all these things out. Uh, Let's see, two other things. I have some relics that I got. Nice. um, And what these are, so some Carmelite sisters there in Fatima were given by another gentleman we met, Carlos Avaristo clothes of the shepherd children mm-hmm. and they cut them up into very small pieces and then put them in these relics so nice. i have some have some relics i'm working on getting those images and what i'll do is i'll put a relic of each uh san francisco and saint jacinta in the church on either side of our blessed mother so we'll pray that that happens we get those images get some relics up there nice i think that'll be fantastic um let's see what else a couple places we get to go that aren't directly connected to fatima um or to you know to the apparitions mm-hmm. but still amazing just Portuguese, you know, it's one of those things where you go to a country that, you know, that's been around for well over a thousand years, um, and, and has been Catholic. I mean, they call it the land of Holy Mary. One of the reasons why Mary is wearing a crown in the image now, but she didn't during the apparitions, but she's crowned now because the Kings, I think it was King John the fourth. I could be wrong on that. Don't quote me, but, um, took off his crown and said from now on the Kings and Queens of Portugal will not wear the crown. This is the land of Holy Mary. She is our queen, and so in the 40s, uh, the women of Portugal like donated their jewels and everything else. And you can see it on the top of this image. Like this is the crown itself, mm-hmm. where it's like the jewels, diamonds, rubies, everything of the pe- of the ladies of Portugal. That they crown. This is the crown she wears on the special occasions. And at the very top, underneath that blue orb, there you can see a little thing down. Yep. I don't know if you know the story. Yeah, I, can, but I can point it out or out or it right it. there. Right there. So what that is, is if you'll remember on May 13th, 1981, St. John Paul II in St. Peter's Square uh, was shot in an assassination attempt and miraculously lived. And as he said, one finger fired the fired the gun. One hand guided the bullet and he survived. Fine. And, you know, this is a um, professional hitman hired by the Soviets to kill John Paul II. And he didn't die at close range. And the guy said, you should be dead. Like I don't miss. And so a year later, May 13th, 1982, St. John Paul II brings the bullet as an offering to our blessed mother. And there was one spot left that they hadn't filled with anything yet. And they put the bullet in there and it clicked into place as though it was meant to be. And so that bullet, you can still go see that bullet in the museum there. Um, They're in Fatima. And it's just fascinating. And, It's one of those things where, you know, people talk, you know, like the the predictions and the secrets in the uh, July apparition. Mm -hmm. Like all those things are there and it's great. But, you know, it's the thing about prophecy. Um, And Pope Benedict talks about this in his commentary back when he was Joseph Ratzinger on the Fatima message. That this isn't prophecy as though, well, this is exactly what's going to happen. It's, you know, showing what happens if, you know, if things change, if they don't change. Like giving us this... You know we do have free will. We do play a part in, you know, what happens in salvation history. Mm-hmm. For example, like I've alluded to a couple times, the August apparition. The children are on their way. The communist government wants us to stop. The local administrator brings them in. You know, basically, so they're imprisoned when this should be going on. Like they should be there on August thirteenth, and there were still people there, and apparently they could see some things moving and some breeze but the children were the only ones who could ever see Mary. Um, But she ended up appearing on August 19th. And she said, you know, there's still going to be this great miracle to come in October, but because of this act of infidelity, this, you know, them being kidnapped, it won't be as big as it was supposed to be.
0: It was supposed to be bigger than it
1: actually was. Yep. Apparently, apparently. And that's what one of the things that she says in the August apparition. And just, you know, the thing about that is it's like, okay, our sins have an effect on salvation history. And also, our virtues and good actions have an effect on salvation mm-hmm. history. And that brings me to so this Father Formigal. Um, we went to his museum. It's kind of new. Mm. He was a priest who kind of got brought in by the bishop towards the end there, um, specifically in the September and the October apparition, to really look over things. He was apparently a genius, but just like a good you know, diocesan priest, worked in the seminary, but they wanted him to kind of study things. And he really befriended Jacinta. And was, you know, like watching things and seeing them and listening to what all the children had to say. And I just find it fascinating. It's like, okay, he plays a role in like the spreading of the message, right? Mm -hmm. It's like all of us have a part to play, you know, in the great tapestry that is salvation history. I mean, my grandpa, I love bringing him up, you know, making rosaries as I was growing up. It's like he helped me to have a Marian devotion as a child that, you know, blossomed and sprouted and I'm a priest today. Yep. And I, I offered, so the first mass in the Capelina, the one that I preached, I offered for our parish. The second mass I offered in the Capelina, it was the day after my mom's birthday. I offered it for my family, mm-hmm. like specifically thinking of my mom the day after her birthday, but also my grandparents. And just, I'm so grateful that I've been given the gift of our faith. And it's, you know, to go to a place like that with the roots of the faith going back, you know, more than a thousand years and seeing these amazing churches that were built, you know, to the greater glory of God, like Bom Jesus, this beautiful church on the side of a mountain. Um, and just, yeah, to see all these things.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, yeah, it just, you can't help but glorify God in the fact that you've been given all this. And that right now, by my priesthood, I get to play a part of that. And right yeah. now, by your vocation as husband and father. And director of operations, like you're playing a part in the work that you do. Like we get to spread the message of salvation, you know, that our Lord loves us, that the resurrection happened, that mm-hmm. we are to grow in love and faith and hope, and that our Lord gives us everything we need to do that. And it's just, it makes it so tangible and getting to go there. It makes me excited to come back and to get to keep working at that right here at Sacred Heart.
0: Oh, Fantastic. We're just about out of time. So any last thoughts, comments to to share with the viewers at home?
1: Um, Prayed for you all over the place. It was amazing. Um, I really am excited to be home. It was was a great trip. I absolutely loved it, but I'm excited to see everybody on Sunday. I'm glad that Saturday night is Saints Alive. So come on Saturday night to Mass and then to Saints Alive. Or if you're coming on Sunday to Mass, come to Saints Alive right afterwards. I, EJ told me you have like more than 30, I uh, thirty signed up.
0: Thirty people dressing up—that's fantastic.
1: It'll be great, and uh, yeah, so a lot of future Saints here at Sacred Heart. Keep praying the Rosary every day. Do the first Saturday devotions, and uh, we'll do everything. And we, we have
0: the Solemnity of All Saints coming yeah, up. Yeah, that's true. A yeah, too.
1: That's on Tuesday, and then All Souls' Day out in the cemetery yep. on Wednesday evening at five thirty. Lots of great stuff going on. It's so good, and I'm really happy to be back and. Glad to see you. Well, welcome back, and Thank thanks you. for
0: doing a uh, thanks for doing the post Fatima pilgrimage recording.
1: Very happy to do it, and thanks for setting everything up and getting the map of beautiful North it Carolina. It looks fantastic. It really does. The, the
0: vibe has grown greatly. I love
1: it. I'll say, well, let's close with the prayer. I'll give you a blessing. Do it. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. Glory be to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Spirit. As
0: it was in the beginning, is now, and ever shall be, world without end. Amen.
1: The Lord be with you. And with your spirit. May Almighty God bless you, the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Go in peace. Thanks
0: be to God.